G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. You may be familiar with the controversial Canadian philosopher Jordan Peterson, making ripples around the world and challenging a generation to a different set of values than the prevailing cultural narrative. He's being lauded by many Christians, but he's not a practising Christian. Is this a concern? Is it some sort of intellectual trap? Or is this something that Christians should cautiously embrace? Jordan Peterson is the Canadian professor of psychology who's become widely regarded as the most influential public intellectual in the world today. And at a conference this weekend on Saturday in Melbourne, there is an aim to tackle some of the issues so well articulated by Jordan Peterson and what sort of opportunities are introduced for the broader Christian church. The Reverend Paul Vanderclay is visiting from the United States for the conference. He's a Christian Reformed Church pastor from Sacramento in California who's become recognized as an authority on the Jordan-Peterson phenomenon and gaining him unofficial status as pastor to the intellectual dark web. Well, Paul Vanderclay is joining us. Paul, welcome along to 2020. It's great to be here. Thank you very much. Paul, how do you get to be an expert on on Jordan Peterson? I imagine that you've become one of his fans. Is that the case? Yeah, I am. Actually, it's by watching a lot of video and then by talking to a lot of people. His best-selling book is called 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos. What is so special about these rules that are making such ripples around the world? I'm not sure it's the rules so much. I think it's the combination of some homespun wisdom, some psychological savvy, and some expertise in basically human development. Okay. He doesn't call himself a Christian, and yet, as I understand it, he has taught in Bible colleges. When he delivers public lectures, he tells Bible stories and reflects a lot on the foundation scriptures as even the formation of Western society. What are your thoughts on the sorts of things that he talks about and includes all of this Christian thought? He hasn't technically taught in a Christian college. He's taught at University of Toronto and Harvard. He has given some lectures in some places. I actually think he could be the most important person in the history of Western beliefs since Darwin. I think Darwin undermined the credibility of the Bible for successive generations and their ability to believe it for regular life. And Peterson, in a sense, stands on Darwin's shoulders but actually makes a compelling argument that you need at least the idea of God to psychologically live in this world. And I think this is part of the reason why he's gained so much popularity, and people have 
had difficulty in putting him into a pigeonhole. There's a challenge for a lot of people in that. Either you believe in God or pretend to believe in God. That's a challenging thing because as Christians, as you know, when we present the gospel, we want people to believe and not to pretend they believe. What are your thoughts on the fact that he's coming from a position that isn't aligned with our Christian understanding of what is true and what is right and an acknowledgement of God? He, he, when he's asked whether or not he believes in God, he always answers the same way. He says, I act as if I believe in God. And if you have some understanding of his pragmatic philosophy, that makes a great deal of sense. Now, whether or not the God that he posits is identical to the God that, let's say, a practicing Christian might posit, well, that's where the rub hits. I think what he's doing for a lot of people who had given up belief in God via the new atheists like Sam Harris, what he has done is given them a new reason to reconsider their atheistic assumptions. And that has actually created, uh, I think, a rather large movement of atheists who now are attracted to the Bible and curious about the Christian faith. And he's become a new breed of intellectual. And when we talk about this issue, and I mentioned it in the introduction, the idea of an intellectual dark web, uh, it undermines the prevailing narrative of the day, which is secular, atheist, progressivist. What are your thoughts on being a new breed of intellectual that cuts through some of that particular narrative? Well, I think he, along with the other members of the so-called intellectual dark web, have been challenging a certain progressivism, which both has elements in the Church, mostly in the mainline, also within some progressive evangelicals. And, and their fear, most of them are atheists, and their fear is that contemporary thought is getting disconnected from its material substrate. And so that's that's the connection he has with the rest of the intellectual dark web. What makes him different is that he is in he also believes that religion is a vital has a vital part to play that even atheists um, like Sam Harris actually act as if they're Christians more than they know and realize, which has caught him the ire of certain elements of atheists, but almost everyone on the progressive side is unhappy with him because he's undermining their narrative. As Christians, we're cautious, aren't we? Because uh, we're sure that he's not on our side, but somehow or other he's on our side. And uh, those words, and uh, these are Jesus' words, uh, if they're not against us, they're for us. What sort of perspective do you think that Christians should hold uh, beyond a cautious appreciation of some of the thought that Jordan Peterson brings. Uh, what are your thoughts for Christians and embracing or buying the book or talking about him in the water cooler conversations? Uh, those sorts of thoughts. I, I liken him to the, the, unauthorized, the unauthorized exorcist in the Gospels. There's a, there's a point where Jesus and his disciples are meeting together, and someone else is casting out demons in Jesus' name. And the disciples say, well, should we go and stop him? And, and the Lord says, no, leave him alone. 
um, because if you know if he's if he's basically if he's helping our side, you know, let God deal with him. And I think that's the best way to approach it for Christians. He's he's clearly bringing. For for many years, I've seen new atheism and kind of a pantheistic spirituality as sort of a one-way street that many Christians have gone down. And what I've been seeing in the Jordan Peterson movement is that many are actually coming back through that road that we had thought were that we had thought was a one-way street. And so I think I liken him more to the unauthorized exorcist. Paul, what's happening in the Western world that people need to look to some of these thoughts and wisdom that's coming from Jordan Peterson and somehow or other, of course, the church not cutting through in the way that we'd like to think that we might with the gospel message and with our own answers to the challenges. What's happening in the Western world that people are not listening to church leaders anymore and and they are, though, taking some cues from the likes of Jordan Peterson? I think it's important to recognize the different segments of the audience. Many Christians who already have an who embrace the authority of the Bible might not find a lot in Jordan Peterson, but many who have already dismissed the authority of the Bible hear him, and when he actually uses Darwinistic illustrations and examples to give the Bible more authority, that gets their attention. So as Christians, while we might have been progressing some Christian arguments uh, here's someone who uses their own atheistic arguments and destroys those arguments because they really have no foundation. Is that what you're saying? Yes. When when you've got someone who will sit on stage with the likes of Sam Harris and tell him he says if he's a Christian more than he admits, you've you've really got something interesting, especially when this person is not coming into the conversation from the church or the Christian tribe. And that's a big part of why he has credibility, also in the way he uses science to back up his arguments. He has become a YouTube phenomenon, and you're also popular on YouTube too. We may mention that again at the end of our conversation, but in some of the conversations that he's had, there's been something like as many as 50 million views uh, that means that the world has captured something of what he's been saying, or he's captured at least the spirit of the age and is able to speak into it. It is really, as you say, a phenomenon, isn't, isn't it? Oh, it, it very much is. I, one of the things that I learn, as you learn as a pastor, is that while you'd love people to read books, many people don't. And YouTube has actually made... Christian teaching and and teaching in general quite a bit more available than let's say printed material has and so it's a, it's a vitally important format. Paul, you're going to be having this conference this coming Saturday. Uh, this is going to be nine a.m. till six p.m. at St James Old Cathedral in West Melbourne. What are you hoping to communicate on that day? What will people see when they turn up at that conference in Melbourne this weekend? Well. Part of it, I'm going to give three discussions. I'm going to talk about why Jordan Peterson matters. I'm going to talk about a lot of the questions that you raised here, the history of Christianity in the West, and, and why, again, I think he's, he's possibly the most important person in the history of Western belief since Charles Darwin. And then I'm going to be given, giving some 
counsel in terms of how Christians should respond to what could potentially be a new wave of evangelism from an audience that we, in many ways, had written off, which were often young men who have embraced atheism or younger individuals that have embraced kind of New Age pantheistic spirituality. And my fear is that if the Church isn't—my fear is that if the Church isn't ready to welcome these new people, they will have no place to go. You've identified that there are opportunities in the sorts of things that Jordan Peterson is bringing to an international stage, and he is a defender of Bible truth. Let me point people to the website where they can get a hold of a ticket. It is a ticketed event that's on this Saturday at St. James Old Cathedral in West Melbourne, 9am till 6pm. The website is petersonphenomenon.org. That's petersonphenomenon.org. Just to mention, too, that there are some further free-of-charge meetings that are going to be held 10 a.m. at Spotswood Anglican Church on Sunday the 31st and again at 7 p.m. at St. James Old Cathedral where Paul Vanderclay is also the speaker in that meeting that evening. Paul, great getting your insights today. And I know that there'll be some cautious about Jordan Peterson, but there'll be many who'll be saying, I need to hear what you've got to say because some of these ideas are really making ripples in the communities that we mix in. Let me point people to petersonphenomenon.org for a ticket for this weekend. Uh, Paul Vanderclay, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Well, thank you very much. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.